This episode of To The Top Talk is brought to you by Hub City Comedy. Don't miss comedian Hannibal Burris at the Sanger Theater in Hattiesburg on Friday, October the 19th, 2018. Show starts at 8 p.m. Hattiesburg Sanger right here in the Hub City. It's the night before homecoming, so come in town a little early. Check out some comedy. You may have seen Hannibal uh, in the movie Spider-Man, Neighbors, Tag, Daddy's Home. He said specials on Comedy Central. He said specials on Netflix. You've seen him on just about all of the late night TV shows. The Eric Andre Show, Broad City on Comedy Central. The list goes on and on. So check out Hannibal. Don't miss the show. Google him. Make sure he's your speed of comedy before you come out. But that's Friday, October the 19th. Hannibal Burris at the Sanger Theater in Hattiesburg. The night before homecoming. We'll see you there. You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. And Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Strike first, strike hard, no mercy. Juice, baby. Welcome to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. I am your host, Jason Bailey. Jamie is out on vacation this week with the lovely Melissa. We are here at To The Top Talk to give you a break from all the high resource five propaganda out there in the mainstream sports media. Ways to listen, however you're listening right now. Uh, But you can also do iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Um, So Jamie is out this week. And I was thinking to myself, who in the world am I going to get to come on the show uh, and chop it up a little bit about some Southern Miss athletics? Not a whole lot's been going on right now since we've had like two weird bye weeks. Um, but the guy I got is, is, is somebody that most of you will probably know. Um, and honestly, if he still lived in Hattiesburg, would probably be on this show way more often than I am. He's one of the most knowledgeable USM fans, um, out there, formerly a Hattiesburg resident and now resides in North Carolina. He's an excellent follow on Twitter. Please follow him at F5 underscore to the top. Shane Lott. What's up, my man? What's going on, Jason? Thanks for having me, dude. Man, thanks for coming on. Um, you know, just uh, just trying to trying to get to this week. You know, like last Saturday we didn't have a game, and I find my I find myself on Saturday going over to campus anyway. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's just like my brain goes on autopilot, and that's just where I end up. Um, but just you know, wander it, around. yeah, on you. yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, trying to get trying to get my little two year old, you know, in the habit early on. Oh yeah. Um. But uh, so so let's talk about you for a second, man. Um, give us a little background. Like, how did you become a Golden Eagle fan? Like, wh- when did it all start? Oh man, well I uh, I'm gonna start this off by saying something that'll probably make a lot of people hate me from the get go. But I grew up in a big Mississippi State family mm-hmm. and uh, had every intention of going to Mississippi State for a while growing up, and then. Uh, had had a family member, a grandfather went to veterinarian school at Auburn. So I kind of bucked the uh, the family trend of Mississippi State and decided I wanted to be an Auburn fan and go to Auburn. And uh, so applied, got into Auburn, then saw what the out of state tuition bill was going to be and was like, no, I, I don't think that <laughs> that's going to be in the cards for old Shane here. So I uh, ended up going with a couple of buddies of mine. I went to Heinz and Raymond for a couple of years. Sure. And still after that, my plan was to, to go on to Mississippi State, really, after that. Uh, I'd given up on the whole Auburn thing. And uh, one of my good friends, Blake Thornton, was a big, big Golden Eagle fan, had every intention of, of going to Hattiesburg to uh, finish his college. And I started going with him down to Southern Miss games and just going down and, and hanging out in Hattiesburg on the weekends and just fell in love with the place. I mean, I, I feel like if you go spend a little time in Hattiesburg, uh, it's uh, the, the place is going to latch on to you pretty quick. It's, it's an awesome town, but really just, you know, started making some friends down there and, and was hanging out, having a good time. and was like, you know what? I, I'm not going to Starkville. That, that place is, you know, a ghost town. Uh, <laughs> Why well, go up there and get uh, skull drug by the rest of the SEC when I can go to Hattiesburg where it's going, going on and get a good football program. So uh, me and Blake moved to Hattiesburg and, you know, what seems like uh, almost 20 years later, but not quite, uh, is, is when I finally ended up leaving, but went to Southern Miss and just absolutely fell in love with the place. You know, 
if, if you're a Southern Miss person and you love Southern Miss, you're going to hear the same things echo through why you love Southern Miss. It's just that gritty determination attitude that uh, you know, Southern Miss people are going to get the job done. And it echoes through through the alumni base, uh, you know, whenever there's some sort of natural disaster in the Hattiesburg area. That's you know, people are going to pull together and get the job done. Uh, you know, it's been proven time and time again. So it's just it's something that if it's in you and you find your way to Hattiesburg by chance, it, it's going to wake up inside of you. And that's that's just where you've got to be. Wow. What a glowing endorsement of, of, of Southern Miss there, man. You could I, I could not have put it better myself. Take um, that. <laughs> that's how you debate. Um, so you mentioned, you know, uh, it's it's been a while, you know, like since you first came around. It's been nearly 20 years now, and the time just flies by. Um, it what's, does. What's the first game you remember going to? Do you remember your first game? Oh, I, I don't remember my first game per se. Um, I know that, you know, I, I went to some games uh, there in the, the very early 2000s. I moved to Hattiesburg in uh, the, the fall of 2001, I guess. And from the first game that I went to until I moved away to North Carolina a couple of years ago, I didn't miss a home game. Uh, I remember being in, waking up in Destin on Saturday mornings uh, because it was a good idea to go down there with some friends and uh, not breaking the speed limit, but driving as fast <laughs> as legally possible back to Hattiesburg to watch us play Oklahoma state. And, uh, but, uh, I don't remember my first one, but, oh man, once I went, I was there every time the Eagles were and, and loved every second of it. So living in North Carolina now, um, yeah. how often do you, I mean, do you ever see any USM people? You know, I have friends of mine from all across the country and, and they'll all tell me, you know, if they're ever wearing some Southern Miss stuff, you know, if they do see somebody, they always speak up and, and have a very similar conversation to the one we're having right now. But do you ever see any USM people riding around in North Carolina? You know, actually, man, I've, I've seen a couple of flags on houses. I've seen a couple of stickers on cars. Uh, I actually uh, have a buddy that we met up here through mutual friends that's from Hattiesburg. Shout out to Mike Z. Uh, Mike lives up here and has been up here for a while, so it's, he's a big Southern Miss guy. And uh, I, I was randomly sitting in, in a bar uh, restaurant downtown Raleigh one night. Uh, Catherine was meeting with a group of people, my wife. And uh, and so I walked over to the bar to have a glass of whiskey. And as I'm talking to this guy that just got done with a shift behind the bar. He uh, we, we start chatting about where we're from. And, you know, I told him I moved here from Hattiesburg, Mississippi at that time it was about, you know, a year ago. And he was like, no kidding. Guy was from Virginia Beach, Virginia, pulled a Southern Miss student ID out of his wallet wow. and dropped it on the counter and was like, man, he was <laughs> like, I'm from Virginia. He was like, I just needed to get away. And somehow I just happened to find Southern Miss and went down there and went to school. And he was like, just loved it. He was like, I came back up this way. But, you know, just a twist of fate took me there, just wanting to have a new start and so there I am having a glass of whiskey with a Southern Miss guy in Raleigh, North Carolina, and didn't even know it. Very cool, man. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I, I had a similar experience. Uh, my wife and I went to Aruba. Uh, we've been to Aruba a few times, but one of the times that we went, we're sitting in a downstairs bar of the hotel, and a guy comes behind me and taps me on the shoulder. I turned around, he sticks out his hand, and he says, Southern Miss? I said, to the top. <laughs> My wife was like, oh, my God, are you kidding me? I said, man, this is, that's how we roll. Um, so let me ask you this. So back to living in North Carolina. It's a state yeah. that I, I think I've only visited a couple times, um, never really done a whole lot there. Um, but, you know, USM is kind of in the middle of SEC country here. And I think a lot of people latch on to that, and that's where that grit and determination that you're talking about really comes out of because we're kind of seen as, as number three in the state to everybody else except for us. Um, yeah. who, who is the USM of the state of North Carolina or is there one man, uh, app state with, without a doubt. That's, I, I hated that, that the game got canceled because that's three hours from me. I'm going to make the Charlotte game here in a few weeks. So I was going to get two games here in, in my new home state this fall. Uh, so I, I really hated that because I think the programs and the fan bases match it up really well. Um, you know, they've they've got a they made that jump from FCS and then made it look easy. I mean, they they didn't really struggle. 
uh, and, and just kind of went into it and have been really successful. Um, but I just I see a lot of similarities there. And I've met some App State guys up here. And, and it's just a, a very, very similar fan base. You know, I heard a lot of that. Um, I was listening to a uh, podcast that some of the App State guys put out, and they had Nick Suss on. I don't know if you listen to that one or not. Um, yeah. And they were talking about uh, just the same. Well, they asked Nick to describe Southern Miss, and you know, they, I think just like you said, both the both the programs are pretty much identical. I mean, down to even down to the colors that they wear. For yeah. goodness' sake, um, we both play in the rock. Very true. Very true. So, I mean, not a better segue there, but the next thing I wanted to talk about was happenings that have gone on this week. And I just mentioned Nick Suss. Um, you know, Nick Suss is gone. <laughs> For everybody yeah, who doesn't know by now, uh, Nick, and it said that he was, he was being transferred. Not really sure how that, how that goes, but it seems like, uh, if anybody, if any fan base or any group of people are used to this kind of thing, um, it's pretty much Southern Miss fans. You know, you look at, you know, Munkin uh, left. And as a matter of fact, the very first episode of To the Top Talk that we ever recorded, um, I actually wasn't on because we recorded the whole thing. And it was a whole bunch of me and Jamie just loving all over Todd Munkin. And um, and then he uh, and then he left. <laughs> so uh, so Jamie had to record the episode by himself. Um, but that was uh, a dark day. Eagle fandom. That, that was a dark day. And and. More power to Monk, man. Uh, that's uh, I completely understand the move that he made. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, yeah. But oh, was that bad timing for us? Uh, <laughs> but no doubt, Monk's going to have a, a heck of a career in the NFL, and uh, I like the fact that we were his only college head coaching job. No doubt. So as far as Nick goes, um, yeah. in, in, any idea? Uh, what happened there? Uh, do you have any any inside scoop? I mean, I know that Tyler Cleveland's going to be taking over for his for the beat here, which I don't know what that does to the Jackson State beat. But is this is this unprecedented? I, I don't ever remember this happening. Man, it's weird for sure. I mean, to lose a beat writer uh, in like crazy four weeks in to a season. Yeah, <laughs> I think everybody you know fell in love with Sus pretty quick. The the guy's uber talented in this film mm-hmm. breakdown that he does are just incredible but uh there's he's got a good sense of humor and it's in his writing and uh yeah southern miss is is a fan base that's always kind of obsessed with that one of us type deal and so it can be a little rocky accepting new people into the fold uh but i felt like his sense of humor diffusing things and the fact that he he wasn't a southern miss homer that yeah he really was coming with an outsider's view of the program but came in and and you know, showed the program the respect that it deserves. And, uh, you know, are we Alabama? No, but we've we've got some history. So I, I think he approached it very well and came in, and then just his writing just blew people away. I wish I knew what was going on. Uh, I mean, you did mention that Tyler Cleveland's going to be taking over. I follow Tyler uh, just because he's a Mississippi sports writer, and he's, he's talented, and he comes from Mississippi royalty. They actually announced last week that, he was going to be leaving the Jackson State beat to go to some it was some kind of health and lifestyle or something is what they announced at hmm. that point. In time. And then they announced that uh, who would be taking over the Jackson State beat. So, yeah, the, the timing of that mixed with the timing of, of Nick announced that he's being transferred somewhere. I mean, those two have to tie in together. Um, but as far as knowing anything for sure, man, no clue here. That's all speculation. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I didn't expect him to be a lifer either, but you know, yeah. I, I fully expected one season. Um, I, I wish him all the luck in the world. Every time I've met the guy, he's been cool, good dudes, extremely smart writer, honest. I thought he was extremely honest yeah. with the fans and and entertaining as he could be. Um, so you know, good luck along the way. I guess we'll know later on this week exactly where he is headed. But uh, you know, I, I think he knows he can come back to Hattiesburg and still uh. Still chop it up with us, you know, anytime he wants to. Um, another, yeah. Three game shots at the tailgate. Exactly. Well, he, had, he came by one time. Maybe that's why he had to transfer. You <laughs> <laughs> scared him off. Yeah. So another thing that happened this week, um, we follow Twitter closely. Um, and I saw, and I shared this with you and Jamie through text, but I saw a tweet from UAB. Uh, it's, it's a fan site at the underscore daily dragon. Um, and I'm just going to read this tweet to you. Uh, middle looks to be 
in top form in Conference USA this season. Question is, who in the West will challenge them? Tech, UAB, North Texas? Question mark. And for what it's worth, I don't think Middle is considerably better than Marshall or FAU either. They just found a way to win behind Stock's brilliance. Now, there's a whole lot to unpack there. Um, (laughs) but, but, but the most, but the most glaring thing to unpack is, is that they mentioned pretty much everybody on our side of the, uh, of the conference. Um, that's not UTEP or Rice. Yeah. And, and, and except for us. And I don't know about you, but I I just can't ever imagine a scenario where Southern Miss is at least going to be in the mix, uh, in Conference USA. And to be completely left out of the tweet is, um, it's probably, I don't, I don't know what it is because they're actually cool dudes. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. uh, I've talked I'll to like them several now. times and, uh, and I remember like even like one of the tornadoes that came through, the guy, you know, reached out to me, making sure that I was okay and asked, you know, what Hattiesburg was like. And anyway, he just at least, uh, sent the message over, but you see this and, and that's got to at least be some sort of bulletin board material. You would, you would think so. That's, uh, I'm, there's so many bulletin boards these days with everybody having a screen in their hand that I don't know how much how much bulletin board material you can post, but that's got to be in there somewhere. Um, uh, we've we've had some you know a few down years as, as the program, but I mean we've been to you know back to back bowls. Uh, I, I I feel like next year is really going to be a year that we really insert ourselves back into it. But as good as our defense is this year, it's not out of the question. Our, our our offense is young and, you know, just gelling. These Most of these guys are just playing together. I mean, Jack just got here. So that's uh, it's it's not off the table that we couldn't make a run at it this year. Well, we'll find out this weekend. Uh, but I, I feel like everything's setting up for next year to be a big year for the program for sure. It's just crazy to be left out of that conversation. It shows you. <laughs> how how short people's attention spans are these days because you know we haven't been down that long and we've been back to you know at least respectability for the last few years uh not the dominance that we once showed but i mean to not even include us in that conversation is nuts exactly so again for everyone listening that is at the underscore daily dragon (laughs) on twitter um feel free to hit them up they're actually a good group of guys but you know uh we, we probably don't need to let this go but and, and getting into the rest of it, so we mentioned that obviously we think that we have, you know, I think we have a place in this conference, and honestly, if it's not a championship season, then it's, uh, I'm not going to say a failure, but that's obvious, that, that's, that's, that's the goal for a USM squad every single year is, is a championship, and I think it should always be in the cards. So to that point, how would you grade out how the season has gone so far? Man, uh, you know, I mean, everybody took the Louisiana Monroe loss rough. Uh, that was ugly. A, a perfect storm of just a lot of bad things that can happen during a football game happened. And we lost. We And we still could have won that game at the end. So uh, that, that shows you how close it was. And we just absolutely fell apart pretty much. Um, the, I, I thought we performed better in the Auburn game than most people expected. But then to see what Auburn did this past weekend, uh, you have to question how good Auburn really is. Um, Cause I don't think Mississippi state is great. And they, they pretty much handled them. So it, I mean, if I'd have to grade it out compared to expectations, I didn't have huge expectations coming into this season. Uh, I'd give us like, a B B minus right now because I, I didn't expect the world and man I mean we're we've played you know four football games no five five football games Oof. and uh, I don't know how many we've played we so we've had like the, all these bye weeks I can't even keep up with it <laughs> yeah that, no kidding everybody else has played twice as many games as we have it seems mm-hmm. um, but I mean we got a lot of football left to, to play we're one and zero in the conference. We control our own destiny uh, above us in the West, uh, tied at 2-0, and uh, UAB and UTSA. We play both of those teams. We have UTSA at home. We play UAB in Birmingham, uh, which that always seems to be a snake bite waiting to happen for us. But, uh, again, I'm going to go back to the defense, man. We've, the defense has been nasty, and 
if if they can keep us in some games, I feel like the offense is just going to get better and better. But with us controlling our own destiny, I mean, we hadn't lost a conference game yet. And until we lose a conference game, we're, you know, atop the West. So it's uh, we, we can still accomplish a lot and probably can accomplish more than people really expected to accomplish this year. Yeah, very good points. Um, you know, having really, in essence, two bye weeks so far has to be weird uh, for yeah. everyone. I know it's weird for me. Heck, you and I don't close it, don't don't follow it any more closely than you can follow it, uh, and we both kind of lost track of how many games we played <laughs> so far. Um, so it's just weird, but maybe that's good, you know, with this young team. Um, I, I know that Jamie and I were talking about it, and in two years when we play Auburn again, uh, you know who's going to be playing quarterback? Jack. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know, you know who's going to be snapping it to him? Trace. Um, you know who's going to be on the outside? Quez Dispenser, Jalon. I mean, it's this the same people, right? Yeah. So, so all that's so all that's good things. Um, and I know you haven't been back uh, on campus since all this stuff happened. At least I don't think you have. Uh, I I have not been to a game this year. Okay, so you haven't seen the improvements to the rock. I guess maybe on TV. Um, yeah, I've definitely seen. TV. Yeah, yeah, you are really going to dig it when you see it in person. If you uh, and if you get to uh, go to the game. Are you coming to homecoming? Uh, man, I, I don't have concrete plans to right now, but uh, never say never. Cool. Yeah, it's awesome, man. It's great. Um, pressure washing, I never thought in my lifetime it would happen. Um, sound <laughs> system sounds just absolutely fantastic. Um, and here's another thing that I wanted to ask you about, and I don't really want to it, – it's, it's kind of like walking on thin ice, really, uh, when you start talking about attendance, but – um, with the new improvements to the rock, with everything we just talked about, we kind of hoped, um, or at least I think Gilbert kind of hoped that that would translate into you know tons more people coming into the rock. We all know that winning will do that, but um, can you talk a little bit about maybe like the ongoing trend nationwide and, and this you know attendance is just kind of dwindling um, across the country, and um, I, I can't really put my finger on it. I was wondering if maybe you could add a little insight. But it's it's helped me to kind of get a grasp on that as an issue outside of Southern Miss when I moved away. Because now I'm watching a lot more Southern Miss games on TV and not spending entire game I mean days Saturdays tailgating. So I'm watching more of other games on TV. Um and I watch a, a lot of non high resource five uh, football, and I, I, I'll watch some of the local Carolina teams play. Uh, and across the spectrum, if it's not a marquee matchup that's just huge or a rivalry for that fan base, it's a problem everywhere. Everywhere. I mean, it's you've got Samsung has a 81 or 82 organic LED television out now that you can sit on a air conditioned or in a on a couch in an air conditioned room and watch dozens of games through streaming and cable providers. So if you're not just a diehard fan that just relishes that experience or have never been to a game and don't understand what that experience is like, then it's attractive to you to be able to watch a bunch of games at home on a TV instead of going out and doing the things that we love and tailgating and watching football. So mm -hmm. it's, I think that exasperates the problem because yeah. that that's it. But I mean, man, Carolina is struggling right now. And I was going to ask you about how hot that ooh. seat was up under Fedora. You know, I, I haven't been paying attention to a lot of the fan chatter, but they're not happy. They're not happy for sure. Um, that last year he kind of got a buy because man they had a, just an insane number of in, injuries, but this year that's uh, it's it's warming up for him for sure, <laughs> and I hate it for him. I I'm not one of the USM fans that hold Ill, any ill will towards yeah, Fedora. He did what we paid him to do. He mm -hmm. came here, he you know took us back to where we should be, twelve and two conference champions, finishing in the top twenty five, uh, beating a, a a decent team in the bowl game. We you know Nevada had. Kaepernick at quarterback during that uh, that Hawaii Bowl, um, so I mean that was a, a good team that we beat, and 
that's uh, there's no reason to be mad at that guy. The poll he left the covered bear arguments kind of garbage because mm-hmm. the Pappy Buttermilk followed him up and uh, really <laughs> ran a bunch of players off, and then uh, that was just a gong show. Uh, so I, uh, that we, we know we're still feeling waves from that one season. But I, I feel like we're still feeling waves from that one season because Hop's taking the time to build it up right. Uh, guys bringing in a, a lot of young talent. If you look at especially the offense right now, man, just the youth that's out there making waves. And can you imagine what Travinsky Mosley is going to be like in three years? Mm, sure. Whew. He's a load. Um, he's way yeah. bigger than I thought he was going to be. Oh, yeah. Um, he's, he's impressive. But yeah, but as far as, you know, and I guess this is, I don't like trying to shame people into going yeah. to the games. I think there's 20, 22,000 of us that are going to be there no matter what. Um, they, the other rest of the people need a little bit of a push. And in, in, in way, in, the way I would try to push them is, a, is that game day experience like you're talking about. Game day experience trumps anything. It trumps any oh, yeah. couch in this world, any air, whatever couch that you said with all the TVs and everything, the, 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 uh, you know, nothing. There's nothing like witnessing eagle walk. There's there's nothing like tailgating. There's nothing like feeling that adrenaline from the stands when a big play happens. You don't get that from the couch. There's nothing like high fiving people sitting around you. Um, there's nothing like getting up and screaming on third down as loud as you possibly can and getting hoarse by the fourth quarter. And there's nothing like hearing the pride of Mississippi from my right every single time I sit down in the rock. And it's it's kind of like my own personal Christmas every single solitary Sunday in the fall, and um, I love it, and I wish people would come and join me. But uh, getting getting to this season, I know we're going to get to the North Texas game. Um, let me say let me say one more thing before yeah. we move on from that topic, because I, especially when I start rambling, I'll take us off topic. But uh, <laughs> I, mean, I just want to point out that you know Nick Saban and Tim Tebow were on ESPN griping to Alabama fans that they weren't showing up to a, uh, a football game for that powerhouse of a dynasty program. So it's not just us, right? It's, you know, it, it's happening everywhere. It's uh, it's, I think it speaks on a bigger cultural issue of instant gratification and just, uh, you know, a lot of things that are, are going on uh, that are an entirely different podcast, but the, uh, it's it's an issue everywhere, even at the big schools. And, you know, it's not like you said, it's not something we can dwell on. You can't shame people. But, you know, find a friend to take to the game. Mm-hmm. They will have a good time. Take them tailgating. You can walk up to just about any tent on Southern Miss's campus on a football game day and join their tailgate, whether you know them or not. I have seen it happen countless times we've invited people into our tailgates countless times Mm -hmm. it's you will have a good time if you put forth the effort to go out there and i mean you know most of the people that are listening to this show uh go to southern miss games or you know have at some point and uh, we're probably preaching to the choir but the choir is is the group that we can tell grab a friend and take them with you that's i mean if if that's what you got to do to get more bodies in the seats because if if they've got that spirit in them, they will fall in love, fall in love when they get there. Absolutely, man. Um, another thing that is not only happening at Southern Miss, and you and I talked about this a little bit earlier, is the whole uh, new redshirt rule, right? I don't know if it has an actual name, but now basically um, you can play up to four games and not be penalized, uh, not, not have to use that, that year of eligibility up the uh, Whereas in the past, um, it's affected players. If you go in, you take one snap. That entire year is now lost as far as eligibility goes, um, i.e. Keon Howard a, a couple years back, right? Yeah. So, and and this is how I see the – and I, honestly, I can see every single possible angle. People that can't see all the angles, um, I don't know. Uh, but I, I think that the spirit of the rule, a coach, you know – can reward a player that's out there just practicing his, practicing his butt off, and he can play him in a, in a few actual games. He can kind of see what he's got, um, and in, and that guy can still has the ability to 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 have a red shirt with that five years to play for. But there's been an unintended cons- consequence, I think, <laughs> is that a lot of players are um, just up and leaving. Um, and on their side of the argument, um, it's it's a card that they've never had the ability to play. Um, so now 
since they do have that ability. There's one side of me that wants to say, hey, man, finish out the year. We're all, we're all out here trying our best. You know, if I was a teammate, I think that I would have that conversation with the player. But there's the other side of me that says, I don't think I'm ever going to get to play here. I should probably leave. Where do you come out on all this? Man, personally, I, I fully support the rule. I like it. Uh, I, I, there, players in college football don't have a lot of power. So this is something that shifts a little power back to a player. There's going to be unintended consequences. There's going to be short-sighted decisions that are made that are not going to end up the best for the program or the player, for sure. Uh, especially this year, because these kids are unfortunately kind of guinea pigs. You know, this rule was True. thrown in there, and it's just like, well, oh, well, you know, we're four games into the season. I've played sparingly. I've got, you know, limited eligibility left. This is who else is on the depth chart. Do I have a better shot somewhere else? Can can I salvage that year? And if that's the position that kid's in, more power to them. I hate to lose them. I thank them for the time that they put into the program. But that's a decision that kid's got to make. And at the end of the day, best of luck to them. You, you don't want somebody to feel trapped and unhappy in your program that just messes up the culture. You, you need guys that want to be there. So, uh, you know, it, it seems like, you know, we, well, we definitely lost, you know, uh, a couple on that rule. Uh, it looked like we were going to lose one more, but it seems like cooler heads prevailed. And, you know, especially if you've got a redshirt year to take. Go ahead, redshirt this year. If you want to transfer at the end of the year, if that's still the way you feel, go for it. But realize that going forward, this is what the depth chart looks like when these guys leave, and now I'm relying on you for these seasons. So, you know, it's it's going to be a double-edged sword. It's it, There's no easy answer, but it, it is what it is. I like it. it. It's probably going to be tweaked. I think it especially for a lot of the coaches that, that voted for it. I don't think they saw kind of some of the stuff that's, that's happened at, at other schools uh, as something that was going to happen. So they may tweak it to where it's just freshmen, but I think they should leave it alone. It's uh, at the end of the day, it is what it is. And, and you got to give those kids some options. If a, if a coach can get hired away by another school and leave overnight and just pay a buyout, but that kid's stuck in that scholarship. And I'm not saying, you know, in that situation where, where a, a coach leaves, that will be interesting to see when that comes up. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if, if the coach has that option, the kid needs to have the option to leave if they want to leave too. I, honestly, I could not agree with, with that point anymore. Um, and I don't know how anybody could. Um, but as far, and especially in our case, but this, you know, you can only sign 25 kids per year, Right. Okay, well, in our situation, we still hadn't caught up. I want to say we're at 73. Uh, you can have as many as 85, so we're kind of like on double probation, uh, even though we're not on probation. Now, when this happens, um, and these guys to tra- decide to transfer, do you think that it's possible? You mentioned tweaking the, the rule. Um, do you think it's possible that th- th- there's there's going to be additional scholarships, like maybe limited to two per program or – do you think anything like that will happen? You know, that's interesting. I hadn't really thought about that. Uh, I, I mean, it seems the NCAA with rules lately has been tightening that grip instead of loosening it up. Uh, but, you know, with, with the un, unforeseen way that this redshirt rule is shaken out, it's possible that they could go back to the drawing board. I, uh, that's that's an interesting concept. Uh, to I mean, like you said, to be able to replace those players without penalty um, would uh, would be something to look at for sure. Yeah, and I understand you couldn't just say, hey, it's unlimited. You can't just totally retool your roster. But um, a lot of people might start finding themselves in a similar, a similar situation to where we are um, strictly because of this rule. And I don't know. Maybe it's like the preseason NFL. You throw a lot more flags in the beginning, and then as it goes on, maybe this thing will just kind of, you know, all come out in the wash. Uh, but if I was a player in that situation, I think I would completely take advantage of it and wouldn't want to be stuck. Let's get to this North Texas game. 
Um, what do you know about North Texas? Man, I know that I don't, I don't think I like them very much. They kind of uh, remind but, they kind of remind me of when Fedora was here with us. Honestly, yeah, well, they should. Uh, you know, they, they've got Fedora Disciple as head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's that's funny. Now that you put it that way, and I just said that I don't like them. <laughs> I hope people didn't like us back when Fedora was kicking their butts too. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely, but I, yeah, you're, I mean, you're right about that. Their offense is super explosive, uh, and it's uh, it's it's fun football to watch. I got to watch them just thoroughly take Arkansas to the woodshed or behind the woodshed, mm-hmm. that was and fun. Uh, they just rolled them. They were the the better team, but yeah, again, as the season shakes out, it. Uh, Somebody call like uh, West Marion JV. They may be the better team than Arkansas. Uh, <laughs> I'm not picking on West Marion JV for any Columbia people <laughs> out there. Uh, that's what I could pull out of my head. Well, so far this year, North Texas. For those that don't know, their very first game they played SMU. Uh, they won that game 46 to 23. At game two, um, incarnate word. Uh, they beat them 58 to 16, which you would expect. But that game three, just like you mentioned, Arkansas, they went to Arkansas, won that game 44 to 17. Um, then they slipped up a little bit, lost to Louisiana Tech, actually had a field goal blocked, blocked, uh, on the very last, I think the, like the very last tick of the clock, uh, in that La Tech game. And then they kind of squeaked by UTEP after that 27 to 24. So it looks like they were rolling for a little bit and then maybe kind of took their foot off the gas just just a bit. But still, it's a high-octane uh, high octane offense. Um, as far as how they compare offensively um, to USM, points per game, USM with 32, North Texas 41.5. Uh, points allowed, USM allowing 18.5, North Texas 19.3. That's kind of a wash. Total yards, USM 429 to North Texas 483. That's pretty impressive, nearly 500 yards. And how did they get those yards? Um, USM with 319 through the air, 110 on the ground. North Texas 329 through the air, 155 on the ground. Now defensively, we have a bit of an advantage. Uh, we've only, we're allowing 289 yards per game to 335 for North Texas. That's uh, 165 through the air. 123 on the ground for USM and North Texas 230 through the air and 105 on the ground. Now, who are some guys that, that lead the team for North Texas? You're going to watch out for their quarterback, Mason Fine. I believe he's a senior this year. He's thrown for almost 2,000 yards already. He has 15. I think Fine's a junior, Jason. Is he? I think Goodness so. gracious. That guy's been there for years. Man, um, they're, they're- higher offense is young they may have a couple of seniors on the offensive line mm-hmm. but uh, they're kind of like us they, they've got a lot of young talent there on offense yeah so like i said fine nearly 2,000 yards 15 touchdowns only one pick so far easily at running back 386 yards of four scores and uh rico bussey jr is the main threat to catch the ball on the outside he has 41 receptions for 532 yards and eight tds already what a name on that guy, too. And I mean, that's a, that's a good season. 41 catch, 530 yards, 8 TDs. Um, he's just now getting going. So, um, yeah. you know, we have guys that can back it up, too. Uh, we're, we're, we're making our way. Jack Abraham's really becoming the dude. Um, his stats real quickly. Uh, Jack Abraham's thrown for 12, uh, 1,263 yards, 11 TDs, and 5 picks. Um, and I would give you a leading running back. We really don't have one, but we have <laughs> three pretty good ones, I think. Travinsky, Mosley, honestly, I think might be the best back that we have right now. Jamie, Owen, yeah, Jamie mentions that maybe the reason he's not getting all the playing time is because of the blocking schemes, and maybe Ted's a little bit better at that. Uh, and then, of course, you got to look at Steven Anderson as well. But that three-headed monster, I think, can, can fully tote the load. Um, and then on the outside, our big weapons, Quez, Quez Watkins and Jalon Adams, 29 and 25 receptions, six TDs and two TDs, respectively. So that's kind of the tale of the tape. Um, this is a game that I, I hope people kind of know what we're getting into here. Um, this North Texas team is, like I said, a lot like we were back in 2011. Um, they can score. Um, they know they can score. They're not afraid to hit you in the mouth. Um, they have an experienced quarterback, 
And, uh, and it's, it's also a game where I want to say we're like eight point underdogs right now, which I love, but eight and a half, eight and a half. Um, but it's a game where, you know, I'm not positive that they've seen the kind of speed on defense that we have so far. I'm not saying that we're going to completely derail them, but it's a game where, you know, if we can have some, if our playmakers step up and our defense plays like they can and limits the big play, uh, then I think we're going to have a shot this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. That's, uh, the, the big play hurt us against Auburn. Um, but other than that, man, I just, that we didn't have to send the house to get pressure on Auburn. We, we had just guys blanketed downfield. It was beautiful. The defense played out of their minds. Uh, so, I mean, if, if they can do that, that's, I mean, obviously from the numbers, North Texas is going to throw the ball, you know, twice as much as they run it. So, or, you know, that's, that's going to be their production anyway. Um, so yeah, if, if we can play similar to that, you know, I don't feel like we, we should be scared of, of a fedora style offense. Uh, I think, you know, if we can get some pressure with the, the front five there, that it may play into our strength, actually. If you're Jay Hobson, do you, uh, do you lob a phone call over to, uh, Coach Fedora and ask him anything about this offense we're going to play this weekend? Why not? I mean, it won't hurt. I feel like he would probably help old Seth over there in Denton before he'd help Jay. Not that <laughs> I, don't, I think he holds any grudges, but, but like I said, Seth's a, uh, a Fedora disciple, so he probably feels a little bit more more uh, devoted to him. <laughs> but, no uh, yeah, oh, I mean, I'll, you want me to drive over to Chapel Hill? It's like 30 minutes away. I'll knock on Fedora's door. <laughs> awesome. But I probably shouldn't do that right now since the situation he's in. They may think, I'll wear Southern Miss gear. Maybe they won't run me off. When you get there, there might be a for sale sign in his yard already. I'm not positive. I wouldn't doubt it. ESPN, uh, if you look on their website, they, they're listing uh, North Texas as a, as a prohibitive favor. They're giving us an 18.8 chance to win the game. So you're yeah. telling me there's a chance. Um, <laughs> tell you what, finish this sentence for me. Southern Miss football is dot, dot, dot. Oh, man. Wow. Um, Going deep on that one. Yeah, that's. I'm trying not to go down the rabbit hole. I'm trying just to, like, give a simple answer. But, uh, I mean, really, is is Southern Miss football is Southern Miss football. Uh, Without giving a uh, a long speech about what Southern Miss football means to me, I don't think there's anything else like it. You know, Southern Miss football is gritty. We'll, We'll leave it at that. Awesome. If Southern Miss beats North Texas, dot, dot, dot. Can I change the first part of that to when Southern Miss beats North Texas? Sure. Yeah, we'll be 2-0 and and in the lead for Conference USA West. Next next opponent, please. <laughs> awesome. It will be a successful season if, dot, dot, dot. Um, if we... I don't want to put a like a wins loss number that I feel this season would be success be a success with. I, I feel like I feel like we're going to lose a game we shouldn't because we'd like to do that because I don't know, they're trying to kill us all with heart conditions. I don't know, <laughs> um, but uh, I feel like you know as as long as we continue to make progress. Uh, as, as long as we continue to, to grow throughout the season, it sets us up for a, a really serious run next year. Now, I would not be upset if we made that run this year, but uh, I feel like just this season's a success if we continue to build build towards next year. Okay, two more. And, and we'll that's a you. weird thing to say when we're 1-0 in conference. I, I'm, I'm not giving up on this season. Mm-hmm. No, I got you. I got you. Um, I got two more, man, and we'll get you out of here. Um, in the next three seasons, Southern Miss football will win two Conference USA championships. I, I'll I'll write it down. You heard it here first. Yeah. Okay. I'm last. It. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, I mean, and honestly, that that's what that's that's where we're building towards. Uh, Jay Hobson is recruiting those youngsters, like you talked about, and. Um, 
and it, it's kind of going to be the same team in two years. Yeah. So, uh, so if we're not, um, at least, you know, knocking on the door, like, I mean, and let's host the championship at some point. It's ridiculous. Then we've won five conference championships, and most of them happened before anybody hosted it. And last time we won one, we had to go to Houston, which was, by the way, like one of my most fun games of all time. But let's host one of those things at the Rock. Goodness gracious. Man, can you imagine the atmosphere if we hosted a championship? No. I mean, it, it, I mean, look at uh, look look at any kind of like postseason thing we've done. You look at the baseball, can't get tickets, right? Piss Mississippi State people off left and right. Um, you look at uh, for God's sake, you look at the uh, the NIT uh, under yeah. Tyndall those two times. Even the WNIT, the women sold out three games in a row. We yeah. love winning. Maybe we're front runners. Southern Miss people can front run with the best of them. That's fine with me. <laughs> um, but goodness gracious, that it gets me fired up just thinking about it. Um, last one. If you could wave a magic wand and rekindle any old rivalry game to place to take place on a yearly basis, who would that be, and can why? It be, can it? Well, this this isn't just purely for selfish reasons either, because I really enjoyed this rivalry. I made uh, uh, some trips up to watch games at this place. Uh, when when I was in Hattiesburg and just really enjoyed it, really enjoyed the rivalry between the two schools, and I hated that it it went the way of the dinosaurs. But East Carolina, mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's I never got to go to a game. Like, I, I oh, love man. watching it. I loved hearing the uh, purple haze at the beginning. Always wanted to go, but it's like what thirteen hours from here, and that's just yeah. far. <laughs> but it's only like an hour and a half from me now. It's true. So, Maybe you can yeah, make something uh, happen. And the, man, they have they've got good fan support. You know, they have, they'd have fifty thousand people at those games. You know, this, North Carolina is a bigger state population wise by far, so there's more people to pull from. But yeah, you know, they've they've got a decent base of support up here, um, and it, it was it was fun. It was uh, I missed those East Carolina games. I really just missed beating the crap out of them. Mm-hmm. But the the ones that were competitive were fun too. But that that was a really fun rivalry. Absolutely. Could not agree more. Um, well, man, I tell you what, we're going to close this thing down. Uh, I want to remind everybody that so- uh, Southern Miss Softball is going to be hosting a run to the Rock 5K prior to the November 3rd game versus Marshall. It's $30. Got an 8 a.m. start. I plan on running in that one. I think that there's one for homecoming, but I couldn't find anything about it. Um, if that's the case, I'm going to run in that one, too. Um, we have now been listened to on To The Top Talk in 50 different countries, 48 states. I don't know what's up with New Hampshire and Vermont, but they're right up there together. Uh, somebody try to get us some listens out of those two states. We'll just complete the map, which is unbelievable to me. I don't think I care about college sports in those those two states. Do you know <laughs> of a, a team of any sports from either one of those states? I honestly couldn't identify it on the map except for like being in the New England area. Well, I mean – I. I can show you where both of them are. I may mix up the two of them because they're right next to each other. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, they're kind of up there, you know, north of New York, south of Maine, no man's land. Uh, our Twitter follow of the week, we've already given it to Shane one time, but you guys go follow Shane. It's, uh, what is it, at F5 underscore to the top. That is it. Follow yeah, Shane. Not- Hopefully this will take you up to, like, 7,000 followers. I know you have more than me. Um <laughs> Special thanks to you. If you want to follow along the To The Top Talk, you can get, you can find us on Twitter at To The Top Talk. Uh, you can find Jamie at at Jamie underscore Arrington. Follow me at Bumper J Bailey. Uh, you can also follow Fake J at Fake J Hobson on Facebook as well at To The Top Talk. Jamie Arrington Comedy um, and on Instagram at To The Top Talk. Um, Jamie has an upcoming comedy show. I know everybody's heard about it. That's listened to this podcast before, but Friday. Uh, October 19th, the one and only Hannibal Burris. I still can't believe he's coming back to Hattiesburg again. It's so no awesome. Kidding. It's this, this thing, you guys, you know, if you look at his website, uh, you, you read it off and it's like his tour is, you know, Los Angeles, San Diego, Vegas, Toronto, uh, Hattiesburg, Orlando. <laughs> you know, we're just like mixed right in there. The guy loves coming back. Let's pack out the singer. Um, it's going to be an awesome show. Um, look for To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Please subscribe. Give us a rating, review, and whatnot. Shane, do you have anything uh, for the uh, Southern Miss listeners out there? Man, I want to piggyback on that Hannibal Burris show. 
I'm just sick with jealousy that I don't still live there for that. Go to that show. Jesus, go to that show. It'll be hilarious. And the the Hattiesburg is the only place that super famous comedian will play in Mississippi. So go to the show in a beautiful old theater. Laugh your head off because the guy's hilarious. And give people like that a reason to come back to Hattiesburg. Uh, and other than that, man, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm sure once Jamie gets back in town and the complaints flood in, she let me ramble. This will never happen again. So it's been fun. Man, it has been absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for making this a breeze. And as always, Southern Miss to, to the, the top. top.